Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the unsturgent Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? Uh, yeah, absturgent, cleansed, mm-hmm. cleaned, as in, you know, just swept the house, okay. uh, swept okay. all the last week. Just been yeah, cleaning you... and sweeping. Yep, yep, flushed the colon. I uh, no, not that, not that far. <laughs> no, no, that wasn't part of the sweep. No, no, no. I was, no. I was thinking more of a metaphorical sense, you know. Where... <laughs> oh, more of a metaphorical sense. Yeah. So you mean that isn't you know, the Giants have swept a lot of things, but they haven't swept the the colon, anybody's colons yet? I I hope not. Uh, I think we I think we would have read about that if they had. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. Uh, yeah, yeah, absturgent. It has been a very clean week for the San Francisco Giants. Um, but and the first thing I want to do, I do want to call out. It, it, there might be a chance that my recording and my audio is a little off this week because Matthew, I have once again returned to the land of ice. In the middle of the North Atlantic, uh, I am in Iceland as we record this podcast, um, and I am doing so from a little town called Vik on the southern side of the island, and I am literally in my car at, what is it? It's 11.40 at night as we're recording this, for me, it's 11.40 at night, in a car, and I'm surrounded by sheep, although I don't see them right now. As you and I were preparing for this podcast, I was surrounded by sheep. And one of them was like a male, and he had like these really big horns, and he meant business. <laughs> so, so if you, you know, if, if I end up getting taken down by a sheep after we record this show, I just want everybody to acknowledge my sacrifice for giant cocktails. Yes, and I can guarantee your 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 audio is sounding a little off, but that's okay. We're gonna roll with it because you know we uh, we needed to talk about this this amazing week. Uh, and I know you usually have a question for me, but I actually have a question for you today. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Would you rather be in Iceland or? At Dodger Stadium to watch the Dodgers get swept. Oh man! <clears throat> um, hmm, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Um, and and I'm gonna say, wow, I'm really enjoying this trip. I'm having a great time with my family, <laughs> but. How often do you get the opportunity to watch the Giants sweep the Dodgers in in LA, especially including a fifteen to nothing drubbing? I think that's the worst Dodgers home loss 
in over a century. Like, I don't think that happened at all in the 20th century, right? You have to go back to the 19th century for uh, the last time the Dodgers lost that badly in a shutout at home. 1893 or something like that. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie, man. You know, you know, I, I would rather be at, El- I would rather be in Chavez Ravine, lording it over all those Dodger fans for sure. <laughs> okay, good. Because I just, sure. I just wanted to make sure. You know, you're not on video, so we're just doing this audio wise, and I just wanted to make sure I'm right. actually speaking to Ben. And, okay. uh, yes. and now I know that this is actually Ben, because that's the only appropriate answer. Right. Right. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you for, for verifying. Um, yes, I would much rather be there. Uh, you know, so, um, I mean, I, for the Giants fans that were there, uh, I'm sure there's some that did go to all three games. And, uh, you know, bully for them. Uh, I, I would have just loved to have been there for that 115 to, to nothing victory, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah, that would have been fun. That would have been fun, especially since they were getting you know no hit by the rookie, you know, for the first like few innings or four or five innings. Uh, you game. know, okay, so I I don't know if we if we were going to talk about Mister Miller at all anywhere on this show. Uh, like if we had that. Well, of course out. not. It's, it's not a Dodgers, you know. Yeah, not a Dodgers uh, I, podcast. I, no, it's not a Dodgers podcast. But I will say this: like so, so, so the Giants, the Giants do really poorly against any schmo who they don't have a book on, right? Like, so the kid who just comes out of nowhere, uh, like like the guy Sheehan or whatever it was that they faced against yeah. uh, the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, no, not, was it Sheehan? Yeah, yeah, on Friday. Yeah. Um, that they just called it from double A. It was like they tried to find a guy that the Giants would know nothing about because they were like, this is their kryptonite. Right, and I thought right? that was smart. I thought, oh gosh, this is this is this is the. This end. Is, it We're was a get... brilliant. It was, and, until it wasn't. But yeah, yeah, until it wasn't. That one fit well. It, they took him out of the game, right? Because they were throwing right. a no hitter, but he threw ninety pitches after after six innings, and so there was no way he was going to be able to finish that game. So they took him out of the game. He never gave up a hit, right? Right now, yeah. that thing infuriates me. That infuriates me watching them lose to a guy like that because it's just like there's just no business, right? It, there's just no reason for them to be losing to a a double A starting pitcher, um, and the and and the only reason they lose to him is because they've never seen him before. Because as we as we know, um, this is because the Giants have bad scouting and bad preparation, and the reason we know this is because I just declared that. With zero evidence, <laughs> or 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 the players just have a hard time taking that information and putting it into practice. Right, you know. right, right. But this Miller kid, this Miller kid wasn't just doing it to the Giants; he was doing it to a lot of people. Well, he was and... doing it to like the Pirates and the Nationals, you know. So <laughs> take that with a grain of salt, you know. Fair, fair. But he, he at one point during that game, he had a twenty-inning scoreless streak. And, uh, yeah, so, um, so, you know, I, I, I think the Miller, the Miller game was a little bit, uh, you know, the, the first four innings there was, was not as, as, as surprising or as infuriating to me. Um, so, you know, um, uh, but 
I hadn't. I don't even know how we got onto that tangent, Matthew. But I think I don't know because we haven't even gotten to the intro yet. We've been. Yeah, I was going to say. I was just going to say. But anyway, today is Sunday, June nineteenth, or Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all of our listeners who are also fathers, and for those of you who have fathers, you should call them or send them a text message apologizing for missing Father's Day yesterday as you listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, and uh, and you should certainly be lucky that you forgot your father on Father's Day than forgetting your mother on Mother's Day because we all know one of those is way worse. Way and that's worse. because dads, we're, we're forgiving and we're gracious. That's right. I, uh, it's so, uh, four forty-six in the afternoon, and I have three children, and none of them have wished me a happy Father's Day so far today. So, right, right. Well, we'll find out next week if you've forgiven them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I probably will. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, the Giants has, I mean, as we've already alluded the Giants went six and zero oh this week, sweeping the reeling uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Um, a team who who uh, was supposed to be way better than what they are. They were supposed to be in first place, and they're in last place. Maybe the worst team in the National League now. And all I can say is, <laughs> that makes me so happy. Uh, <laughs> I hate the Cardinals. I hate the Cardinals so, so much. And I hate how everybody's talking about their fan base, like they're the greatest fans in the world. And you know what? I'm just, I, I, I'm really, I'm really reveling in the the fraud and shoid. uh so so um i i'm glad that the giants could be a huge part of that having won uh six out of the seven games that they played against the cardinals this year but then more importantly the giants went three and zero against the hated los angeles dodgers sweeping them in la and uh passing them in the standings Woo-hoo! So now the Giants are in second place all by themselves in the National League West ahead of the Colorado Rockies by uh, 15 games. What's, 15 games. What, well, the Rockies are 15 games out. But oh, right, right. So what, 12 minus and a half, three and a half. 11, 11 yeah, and a half, I, if I did my math right? Yeah, they're sure. Let's say that. Let's let the math majors in our listener base tweet it to us. <laughs> Uh, and then after that's the, the San Diego Padres, who are only one game under 500. Uh, they're on a little bit of a seven and three out of their last 10. They've won a couple in a row. Uh, but they're still, they are three and a half games behind the Dodgers. And the Dodgers are half a game behind the Giants, which by process of elim- elimination means that the Giants are three and a half games behind the. Arizona D-bags. And I mean this is just this is just bizarre world. It's confounding. Um but but at the same time as I as I texted to you during the week Matthew, watch out D-bags, here we come. That's right. And we're we've we made up two games uh over the last 10 games on them. So even though they've gone yeah. 6 and 4, they haven't played poorly. We've we've uh, we've played better. So Yeah. Here we come, yeah. D-bags. That's right. And um, this is the time where we used to have the bit where Bob would ask about uh, Carlos Correa, but Bob's not even talking to me anymore. Um, 
And and so uh, so we had the whole woe be gone thing, and then we decided that we were going to retire it. But I think it was probably we should touch base on a couple of things that did happen to the woe be guns. Because yeah. Conforto, Conforto has started to cool off a little bit. Although, you know, I've I've, I've seen this Matthew, and I've heard Fleming talk about it. But I've been traveling a lot. Does Conforto look bad, or is he just having bad luck results? Yeah, yeah. I, without digging into it, he doesn't look like lost at the plate or anything like that. I think he's just going through a stretch where he's, you know, just not not getting the results he would normally. He's been getting, uh, but it doesn't necessarily look bad. And it seems like he's had some good moments. You know, like he's been. He's participated uh, in rallies and things like that, so I'm not going to le- you know, worry too much about Conforto. Uh, but you know, frankly, he's the last of the Wobegons. That's right. He's the last of the Wobegons because Mitch Haniger got hurt, and I feel bad, man, because. When we signed Conforto and Hanniger, one of the big complaints that I had is that these guys were injury prone, right? Yeah. And Hanniger, you know, it proved me right by starting off the season on the IL. And I got to tell you, like, if this was like, you know, a low, a, a muscle pull or a, you know, like, like he hurt himself swinging the bat, I would be like, see, I told you so. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's um, instead he gets he 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 breaks his arm on a on an on an HBP, and, and uh, I you know it's not like he was contributing to the team a lot on the offensive side of the ball, but this is this is still a big blow. Well, it is, and he's definitely been one of those guys that was it seemed like in the, the week prior and I haven't looked at the numbers but it seemed like he was starting to come out of it and was starting to you know to to at least contribute offensively and uh you know it just unfortunate that it, that he that that it had to end that way I mean he's going to be on the 60 day IL any day now uh he'll be out for at least 10 weeks uh, and yeah, he prob- had surgery, probably right? more, maybe even out for the season. He had surgery. He only cracked one of the, you know, the forearm bones, uh, uh, but uh, he had surgery and pin and placed in there. And so you figure he's going to be out, you know, for at least ten weeks. And then, you know, building up strength and all that. I mean, that puts you in the middle of September. So you really feel like, you know, he's probably out for the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they were saying best case scenario he comes back in august or september um 10 weeks range um and i think yeah at this point there's really not much that you can hope for so it's been a horrible tale of woe maybe it's my fault matthew maybe it's my fault for calling them the wobegons i blame you yeah i blame me too it's all my fault uh, but, uh, but yeah, but now, now, uh, I mean, we, we've got the Tyros. I don't know that we should go through all of them, but it seems as though, so we have a new addition. We have a new addition to the Tyros. That's right. That's right. We, because we foretold of, it. Well, you know, we were, I think last week we were trying to figure out how do you get Luis Matos onto the roster? And then the next day it, uh, pretty much made itself clear how you get Luis Matos onto the roster. Mitch Hanniger has to break his arm. And uh, Luis Matos has arrived, and 
while maybe he hasn't shown the power quite yet that he was showing in the minors, uh, he's had a couple balls where he's just about missed, just missed. Uh, but he's also sporting a 529 on base percentage due to five walks in his first 17 plate appearances. Um, okay. He's batting, batting 333. Uh, he's, he had his first two RBIs today against the Dodgers on Sunday. Uh, just, you know, playing really well and really confident to the point you have to remind yourself that he's 21 years old. He is the second youngest position player in the majors and just looks so relaxed and seasoned up there. And I feel like how, how can you send him down after, you know, after this? And so, uh, who knows? I, who knows? Uh, I, I think, he's you know, the others, he's here to he, say. I think so. I think so. And, and you know, um, although we have seen rookies kind of tail off, you know, Casey Schmidt and being one of those who's been struggling, uh, really, you know, pitchers have figured out, I think, as we talked last week on how to, you know, not to throw him a strike and, uh, and he'll right. chase and he keeps doing that. Uh, yeah, he got a good hit today, key hit today against the, against the Dodgers. So, you know, hopefully he starts to be a little bit more disciplined at the plate because that's really all he needs to, to do. Right. What, and, but also he's a little, had a little bit of an injury scare. I heard them talking about that in the post game show yes. because I missed that. That's right. He actually had the same, it looked exactly like what happened to Mitch Hanniger, uh, except uh. it was more of a glancing blow than maybe a head on blow. But, uh, clearly he would not, he was, he, he wasn't going to be able to throw the ball after, um, uh-huh. getting hit there. And so he ran, he like, got on base and he ran, but then I think the next at bat, like the guy behind him got out in the first pitch. So he didn't really get a chance to kind of like let the hand, the arm kind of figure itself out. And so, uh, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I hope we don't see any IL, you know, time for him because that would be a real big blow. But, uh, uh, but yeah, he he did get hit. Well, that means you know who would come back. Huh? <laughs> yes, we would see Brett Wisely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just gonna stay here in Iceland if that happens. All right, we'll start learning the language, dude. Right. On the other hand, Patrick Bailey has gotten hotter. He's he's hitting as well as he has at any point in since he's got called up. Yeah, I think he's kind of uh, settled in now and uh, definitely seems to be confident at the plate. 375 on base percentage. Uh, he had a home run this week, 920 OPS. Yeah, the guys, uh, in addition to his excellent defense, you know, he had a really, uh, on, I think on Friday night, he had a really crucial uh, throw out of Mookie Betts at third, trying to steal third. Uh, so, you know, he is definitely cementing himself as the everyday catcher. And, you know, you hate to compare a guy like that to Buster Posey. But, Ben, he reminds me a lot of Buster Posey. <laughs> um, there's only one Buster Posey. Um so, so that's my first statement. And my second statement is I'll take it. <laughs> oh, and then our other catcher, you know, he started out slow, had a couple of hits today. Rule five drafty Blake Sable. Uh, actually, I thought caught pretty well behind the plate today, too. Uh, the umpire was a little bit was squeezing a little bit today, but uh, I, 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 I heard that in the postgame show. Yeah. I don't. I don't necessarily blame Blake Sable on that because it was happening on both sides. But, uh, uh, but yeah, you know, he's two thirty eight for the week, 
you know, 292 on base, um, no power whatsoever. Uh, but, you know, it was small sample size, so I think he did fine. And then Tyro just keeps continuing to Tyro, man. With his 368 yeah, on base, he had two home runs this week. Uh, just, man, I love that guy. All-star, Tyro Estrada. All-star. King of, king of the king of the Tyros. All-star uh, Tyro Estrada. All right, so that's the Tyros, Matthew. It's time for the trivia question. All right. Well, today's trivia question uh, basically is in, in line with uh, this last week. So after this amazing road trip that the Giants just had, uh, they are 21 and 15 with a 583 winning percentage on the road this year, which got me to thinking, Ben, what are the most road wins in a season all time for the Giants? And I'll tell you that 583 winning percentage, uh, that, that translates into about 47, 48 wins. Uh, mm. Over the course of a season, uh, so just uh, that is today's trivia question: What are the most road wins in a season all time for the Giants? The 2021 Giants won 81 road games when they went 162 and 0. <laughs> well, you're probably that's a good guess because you know when you got a team that wins 107 seven games, and maybe they did win a lot of road games. 81 might be a little high, a little high. So we'll we'll no, check in at the end of this it episode. That's how I remember it. It was 81. All right. All right. Well, we will find out if Ben is right at the end of this episode. Enough with the banter. Let's talk cocktails. Oh, you are here, Bob. Hello. What are you drinking, Matthew? I am bringing to the show today a modern classic called The Paper Plane. And The Paper Plane is what's known as a perfect cocktail in that it has equal parts of all the ingredients in the cocktail. Uh, So the ingredients are three-quarter ounce each of bourbon, Aperol, Amaro Nonino Quintessentia, and fresh lemon juice. Uh, You put all those ingredients into a cocktail shaker, add ice, shake for 10 to 12 seconds, and then double-strained into a chilled coupe glass. It is a refreshing, amazingly balanced, sweet-slash-tart cocktail uh, that uh, I, I'm i proclaiming it one of my new favorites. Uh, and you can learn more about that uh, by going back to our Happy Hour episode. And I, I do have a confession to make on the Happy Hour episode. Since Ben is on vacation, I totally forgot to publish it on Thursday. And Ben is usually the one like on Wednesday night that reminds me that that's got to happen. And, you know, he was off gallivanting on a volcano. So uh, for me, I totally blew it and did not publish until Saturday. So go back and listen to Happy Hour and you can learn all about uh, the paper plane. So that's what I'm drinking today. I I didn't even notice that happened, Matthew. That's how (laughs) out of sorts I've been. Well, I was actually gardening on Saturday, actually pulling weeds, not really gardening, just pulling weeds uh, because they've just 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 exploded around my house. And about halfway through that, I just I had this aha moment that I hadn't published it. So I had to (laughs) come back in and and take care of that. So apologies for for the delay. Uh, But uh, happy hour is now up. Uh, You only had a day to listen to it. So apologies for that. All right. I will set a reminder for myself to remind you to publish the next one on next Thursday. All right. Thank you. I think I'll need it. What are you drinking, Ben? 
Thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Um, I'm drinking uh, a, a Bloody Mary, um, and that's a lie. I did not build a Bloody Mary. I certainly did not build this Bloody Mary out <laughs> in here. Your, in, in your this, car? In my car. <laughs> in my car. I didn't do that. I'm actually drinking a canned cocktail with a 4.5% ABV because that's all I could get on a Sunday in Iceland because they have like blue laws here and stuff like that. So, uh, and you can only buy alcohol from the government. And so, so yeah, so, so I'm not drinking a Bloody Mary. Um, but if I was drinking a Bloody Mary, I would say I'm drinking a Bloody Mary for reasons. And those reasons, uh, I talked about them on the happy hour that my brother dutifully published last Thursday. <laughs> He didn't, but it is still the most recent Happy Hour episode. So go back to that episode and listen to why I made the Bloody Mary. Um, it is quite a good Bloody Mary, and I will tell you what's in it right now. It's long. I'll go quick. Um, but it is four ounces of tomato juice, two ounces of vodka, two dashes of Worcestershire sauce, two dashes of hot sauce, half a teaspoon of horseradish sauce, and then you have one lemon wedge one lime wedge, celery stock with leaves, cherry tomatoes, fresh ground black pepper, and um, uh, a quarter teaspoon of celery salt. Uh, for the ground, pe ground black pepper, you just, you're just going to do this for taste. And so how you assemble it is you take a pint glass or other large glass, you wet the rim with a lime or the lemon wedge, place the rim into a plate of pre prepared with celery salt to coat the rim, um, then you set aside, a glass, set aside the glass to let the salt set. Then you build the cocktail in a shaker. You add the tomato juice, the vodka, the Worcestershire sauce, the hot sauce, uh, and then a squeeze of the lemon uh, wedge. Um, and then you add the radish sauce and the celery salt. And then you add the black pepper to taste into the shaker. Um, you stir that with ice. Um, you can shake it if you want to get the ingredients more incorporated. Um, and then you add fresh ice into the prepared glass. You add the celery stock and then you strain the cocktail into the prepared glass and you take your lime wedge and put that on the side of the glass. And then you take your three cherry tomatoes and you put those on a bar pick um, and you set those in the glass. And that is how you make Ben's Bloody Mary. The important ingredient in here, folks, is the horseradish sauce. It makes the cocktail. Don't leave it out. And that, Bob, is Ben's Bloody Mary. That's what I'm drinking. Mmm. That's a tasty cocktail. It would be a tasty cocktail if I were actually drinking it instead of this what is this? What is this called? It's called limonade and vodka, which is lemonade and vodka in a can. Oh, well, you know, you got to do what you got to do when you're traveling uh, volcanic ice, uh, volcanic island. Yes, indeed. Well, we talked about cleaning. You probably haven't had to do too much of that while you've been on vacation. But the giants have been busy sweeping, Ben. <laughs> That's right. They have been busy sweeping. They've been doing much sweeping. Yes. And, you know, they started with the Cardinals. And frankly, mm. 
I don't remember much about that series. I don't remember uh, anything about that series either. Uh, what I do remember, of course, is Hanniger's injury. Mm. And then the very next pitch, J.D. Davis rolling his ankle while sliding into third base. Yeah, that was uh, a pretty, those were horrible moments, Matthew. Thanks, yeah. thanks for reminding me. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that was like, oh, crap. This, there goes not only this week, but the season. And uh, how wrong was I? But I did recognize that when it was clear that Hanniger had been injured severely, mm-hmm. that there was no way it was going to be anyone else but Luis Matos to fill his spot. And, uh, yep. and I was right. And that has been the best part about this week. So I remember the other thing that I remember is Luis Matos in his first major league at bat uh, getting a base hit. And so, you know, and the way he clapped down the, the first baseline when he realized it had gone into the left field uh, is something I'll remember for a long time. It just he yeah, seems really to bring a lot it. of energy, and he's really, you know, he's this young uh, kid with a lot of energy, and, and I think he's going to do good things for the Giants, and it was great to see him make his debut, finally. Yeah, I mean, it was an expression of joy where uh, a person was realizing a dream and and he let it out and we all got to see it and it in no way felt like showmanship or disrespecting the game it felt genuine and real and that's one of the funnest things to do as a baseball fan is to watch that moment happen for any rookie yeah uh and uh and uh, i'm glad that he did that because it was pure you know and uh, a lot of times these kids are taught to like show no emotion at all and then stand on first base as you know all of your dreams are coming true and and look like a statue and he didn't <laughs> and i like right and uh you know i think it's so the cardinals okay yeah we swept them yada 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 you know we we uh, we could get beyond that well, i think what's interesting though is that we've had three sweeps now in our last four series and the yes. three the three sweeps were on the road so we have yep. won our last nine, at least nine, uh, yeah, nine uh, road games g- dating back to the Colorado series. So that's that's pretty right. amazing uh, and, you know, harkens back to our trivia question of how the Giants are doing so well on the road lately, uh, which, you know, it's pretty amazing when you could talk about a sweep like that. Right. But the most dominant sweep in that was against probably the toughest team of the four that they faced in that in that two week period. Right. Um, which is, you know, that's our, that's the, our hated rivals in Los Angeles Dodgers. That's right. Suck it Dodgers. And Dodger fans. (laughs) If there's any of you who secretly listen to giant cocktails, because you like to hear us whine about how bad our team is. Suck up. (laughs) Your team's worse. (laughs) All right. Uh, That's right. For one day, at least. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take it uh what was there were some some great some great all-time stats came out of this series though the 29 runs that the giants scored and that is the most ever scored by the giants against the dodgers in a three-game series uh and this 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 rivalry goes back a long time, a long time and uh and and it wasn't just wasn't just the uh the, the batting, I mean, the batting, you know, the Giants averaged almost 10 runs a game over this three-game three, three game series at 9.67, but they also only allowed less than three runs per game at 2.67 on average. So 
Yeah, the both a, sides of the Giants just put a whooping on the Dodgers. It was dominating. It was dominating, and and you know this 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 run that the Giants are on right now um, has been has been amazing. But I really feel like the run started when the bullpen finally became the unit that everybody thought it was going to be well you know at least giants insiders and giants fans thought that this bullpen could be you know they finally put it all together and that was really the first part of this team that kind of righted itself and and it has just gotten better and better um you know i mean yes there have been a couple of shaky moments late in the innings recently today <laughs> a sunday <laughs> for, for one um, but, but overall the Giants bullpen is the best bullpen in baseball for the last month and a half or so. And, um, and it is absolutely shutting teams down. And, and what I like about that is, it's like, it just matches what everybody's expectations were and it's being done by the guys who everybody said it was going to be, um, maybe not Walker. <laughs> that was a little bit unexpected, but everybody else. And uh, and so it's been really, really fantastic to see that continue, because I really believe they were the first thing that started to turn this season around. Absolutely. And I think, uh, unfortunately, there's been a couple of injuries in the last few days uh, against some yeah. key members of the uh, which we'll talk about later. So, you know, it's it's you know, it kind of harkens. I, I'm feeling like 2021 in some ways, if you recall 2021 in, in a season where we won 107 games, there were a lot of injuries that year. And it just seemed like every person they called up to replace Whoever they called, uh, whoever was injured, uh, had uh, made a difference and 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 was a key contributor, and so I'm feeling a little bit like that again. It seems like they've had answers to all the injuries, but yeah, we'll get into the injuries a little bit later, especially as it relates to the bullpen and and the pitching staff. Uh, but I don't want to get away from this one a little. This this talk about uh, sweeping the Dodgers because there's a couple things. One one that really uh, that struck me as I was looking. Uh, right before the series, I looked in the Giants actually going into actually going into uh, Saturday's game. The Giants were 32 runs behind the Dodgers in run differential. And after Saturday's game, they were only two games behind the Dodgers in run differential. Two runs, yeah, two runs behind the Dodgers in run differential. And then uh, and then after today's game on Sunday, now there are six runs ahead of the Dodgers in run differential and and they're actually better than the uh the Diamondbacks which which makes me feel like the Diamondbacks are overperforming a little bit. You look now at the National League and the Giants are uh second in the National League in run differential right now. Uh which speaks to the fact that the Giants have really turned it on both offensively and defensively over the last month. Uh in fact, over the last month the Giants are the hottest team in baseball. They're 19 and 9 mm-hmm. over the last 30 games. And uh it just, you know, even though we had a couple of stinkers during that time, you know, the uh the sweeps have uh, really turned things around. So, hey, you know, it seems it's funny how things turn, man. It seems like just a week or two ago we were talking about how things were going so badly, and now the Giants are have shown themselves to be one of the top teams in the National League. Funny how a week will change things. 
<laughs> it was just a few weeks ago that we were talking about how bad this team was, right? But they were just bad. It was it was a quarter into the season, and 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 everything was not working, you know, except the starting pitching. But, but even then, they were getting hurt, you know. And and then they went into this kind of mediocre mode, like you know, are they good or are they not? And, and now they finally put two good weeks together. And then when you when you aggregate all of that, you're like, wow, this is a really good baseball team. And, um, you know, I, I don't think it happened quite the way they drew it up. You know, yes, the bullpen is kind of firing on, on you know, all cylinders and, and following the plan. But I don't think it was the plan to call up Schmidt and Bailey and Matos. You know, that was not plan A. I don't even know that that was plan B, right? Plan A right. was Correa or Judge. Plan B was Hanager or Conforto. Um, you know, plan C was what we're watching but that's really what's turned the tables right that the young guys came in added a little bit of blood and life and now the veterans are starting to turn it on and it feels like everybody's contributing everywhere i think this is what we've been waiting for right i mean the really good franchise this is look at the dodgers i mean a great example dodgers are a team that will that will fill holes with their you know in two ways either through free agency or through their minor league system, and they've done that for the last ten years, right? And it's it's gratifying and relief. Uh, I felt a little relief to see that the Giants are finally kind of seeing that uh, come to fruition for them, because I feel like that's what's going to sustain this excellence over time is by having a farm system that will, you know, you have a need. You don't have to go out and pick up Seattle's waiver wire claim, right, or waiver, you know, guy, and you don't have to, you know, swing a trade, you know, with, again, Seattle for their, you know, back end of their 40 man roster guy, you can, you can actually bring up a guy that will, that has a future with your own organization and that will make, that will make uh, an impact right away. So, uh, I'm, I mean, we don't I'm really need to get Donovan Walton. <laughs> exactly. Whatever. And was it, what was the guy's name with the K? Cal, 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 I don't even remember. I, I blocked it out. I blocked out my, uh, any Mariners that used to play for us. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, and I think just to wrap up this uh, this sweep talk, I mean, there's a couple other things that have been truly remarkable about this. And one is that there was a graphic at the end of the game today that this was the fifth undefeated road trip of six games or more in team history. Uh, and so it's it's when you think so about how long the Giants history is, I mean, this is a rare thing to sweep six games or more on the road and uh, you know, on a road trip. And uh, so we should be enjoying this. This is amazing. And part of that has been this just offensive awakening from the team. And, and a lot of it, not even the guys that we would expect it to be, you know, it seems, again, it seems to be, uh, seems to be, you know, whoever is in a position to make a to to make a difference is doing so. Uh, in fact, in the past seven games, including the last Cubs game, the Giants have scored double digits three times, and it's just uh, a testament to the fact that there's uh, we have a lot of depth. In fact, you know, you go back to that 15 inning game. Uh, I think I saw a statistic that it was the you know, one of the first times ever where a team scored 50, had 15 or more RBIs without getting any RBIs from their third, fourth, or third through sixth uh, place in the lineup. 
and uh, and so it really helps when you guys got got guys like JD Davis coming off the bench, uh, which you know the Giants have a deep bench even with Wilmer Flores being you know on the IL. So uh, just a lot of good things going on right now, and hopefully they can keep it up. You had Davis do that, and then you had Slater do that the day before, right? They both had great games, and they were not the guys who started. Exactly. And Slater, you know, I see people all the time talking about how Slater, how his value is, you know, they, you know, or whatever, or how he should start every day. There's either those who hate him or those who are like, he should start every day. And both of you are wrong. Just want you to know that. So uh, Slater's role is to rake against left-handers, and he does it better than just about anybody in the majors, and he proved it again. He is just um, – he's having actually a pretty good year against right-handers this year, so I can see why people are clamoring for him to play more. But, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe that will happen. But I just – I feel like his role is cemented on this team as a, as a guy that's going to come off the bench and give you good quality at-bats against the left-hander. All right. But you know who's going to be playing every day, Ben? Luis Matos. Luis Matos. The Luis Matos era has begun. Uh, you know, a couple of things that we've learned in his first four games as a Giant is that today they announced he was the second Giant to score seven runs in his first four career games. And the first to do it, none other than Willie McCovey. Uh, I think another interesting stat is that Matos has not had a strikeout yet. Uh, and uh, in his first four games, uh, he's had 12 at-bats with no strikeouts, and I don't think Casey Schmidt's gone that long without the strikeout. You know, So I, I feel like this is a kid that is playing maturely beyond his years, and uh, it's, it's exciting to watch, and I think the power's going to come as he starts to settle in a little bit. He had a couple yesterday that were just off the end of the bat that he drove to, you know, deep, deep outfield and feel like he's going to find that groove pretty soon. Uh, so it's pretty exciting to see someone like Luis Matos, who we've been seeing him, his meteoric rise just this season after a down minor league season last year, uh, where he fell off the top 100 prospects list for a, um, pretty much every publication. Uh, now see him coming up and being the guy that I think the Giants and Giants fans were hoping to be, he would be, uh, which also just goes to show you how little those prognosticators know and you know they're they're full of it you know they just make up stuff up to sell magazines and ad space on their website so you know giants fans quit getting your panties in a wad when guys are not uh uh you know when the giants get their they're disrespected or a player doesn't get the you know the farm system is is down oh my gosh we're we're going to hell or whatever but uh in fact all is well. The uh, the farm system is producing, and we're seeing really, really good results right now, not, led by none other than Luis Matos. Uh, so, Ben, my question to you is, has the future arrived? Is this uh, going into next year? Is this the team that we're going to see? Are we going to see more rookies and first-year players than ever before? Well, you know, I was doing this thing, Matthew, that I like to do um, yesterday where I like to, whenever the Giants kick the snot out of a team, I like to go onto my the MLB.tv app and watch the game, but with the other broadcasters broadcasting, because I get to listen to them, you know, say good things about the Giants or, or make these calls as the Giants are beating up on their team. And this is more fun when they're playing one of the central teams, right? Because the central announcers are all just major homers. Right. They just 
they just love their team so much and they hate every other team. And so they just get so disappointed when, when somebody does something good against their teams. So I really have fun watching that. But, you know, I do it against the Dodgers. And I got to tell you, the Dodgers, are their announcers are so pro. Um, they're so clean. Like, they call the game fairly. You know, I think the Giants announcers are pretty good at this, too. But the Dodgers announcers call it very clean and very pure. And they were singing the praises of, of Brandon Crawford, you know, and how he was having a good game. And, and he was kind of, you know, his, his season hadn't been going well, but he was showing a resurgence. And they were just saying all these good things about him. And they were saying that, but, you know, it looked like that, you know, he was going to be replaced by Casey Schmidt at shortstop. And I said to myself, no, that's wrong. Because the, the Casey Schmidt's job next year is third base, right? The person who should be playing shortstop is Marco Luciano. And then, and that's the, I think that's the final piece, Matthew. Yes, they've got a lot of other good guys coming up, putting pressure on Will Wilson and Vaughn Brown and all kinds of guys, right? Grant McRae, you put in your favorite prospect here. But Luciano, to me, would be the final piece of the youth movement, right? And then at second base, you would have Tyro Estrada. At first base, I think you have Lamont Wade Jr. And for Giant fans who hate the platoon, well, I think Lamont Wade has established himself as being good enough um, as a, um, in his patience at the plate to be able to face lefties, right? They let him face Vesia. What was that on Saturday and in the, in the, in the massacre. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's just a really good demonstration that if Lamont Wade keeps playing that well, he's going to play every day. And so then your everyday catcher is Patrick Bailey. And in center field, you have Matos, which leaves what the corner outfield positions and the DH to insert favorite free agent here, you know, and so I know everybody wants Shohei Otani. I, I, I just don't see how that's possibly going to happen, but everybody thinks it will. Uh, you know, he could play in the outfield and obviously be a starting pitcher. Um, you know, uh, sorry, he could be the DH, not play in the outfield and be a starting everyday pitcher. Um, you know, and so, so those are the holes that you fill. And that's your future, Matthew. And it will have happened in 2024, just like I said, it would three seasons ago. Okay. I'm going to push back a little bit on some of your uh, your prognosticating because I don't think Casey Schmidt, while getting off to a good start, has shown quite yet that he's ready for a full-time job. And J.D. Wow. Davis has been playing really well. So uh, what do you do with J.D. Davis if you're bringing that up? I'll also say that you know uh, Marco Luciano, while... You know, still a, a top prospect is only hitting a buck ninety six in Double A. So, yes, but I read one article that says he's turning it around. <laughs> okay, well, and hopefully he does for the franchise's sake. Uh, so, I'm not so sure though that next year is going to be the moment where we see the whole rookie, you know, kind of transformation on the infield. Um, but, but. I do agree with you in that the the future is bright and that there are guys here, including those names that you just kind of threw out there, you know, around Grant McRae and, you know, and, and Vaughn Brown and all of that, that there are players that uh, certainly uh, have been doing well this year. And where that will help the team is uh, for trade bait for Shohei Otani. 
trade bait. So, you know, don't get attached to the prospects, Ben. Okay? That's all I'm saying. Don't get attached to prospects. They're just prospects. All right? Yes. And no, what I, Well, what I would say about the prospects is, is that they, they, it may not be Casey Schmidt, right? It might be Will Wilson. It might be, you know, the, the arrangement of these guys might not be exactly how I said it is. But I would like to see this start to settle in next year where the dominant, like, you know, seven of these guys are the prospects, are homegrown giants. Yeah. And, and yeah, and then trade other guys. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I don't know that I want to trade them for, for renting Shohei Otani, though. Yeah. You only do that if you feel like you could, you know, sign him to a long-term extension. Right. Or, I mean, but, but at the same time, because you're buying a rental player, no matter how good that rental player is, you're, you're not giving up your top prospects. You know, the Angels, if they Agreed. decide, and they're, they're in the playoffs right now, so they're probably not trading Shohei Otani. I'm just saying. But if they were, they're not going to get an organization's top prospect because you're only getting a player for three months. Yes. So, yes. so you know, that's, that's something to consider as well. Yeah, I, I would say that, that, that the minor league system is clearly doing better. And it does mean that they do have some chips to trade for starting pitching which they clearly need um, because Matthew starting pitching has been impacted by the injuries. Oh man. And you know, yeah. Matt, I've been pretty optimistic since I flew out here to Iceland. I think it's because I lost a day of sleep and I mean, it's literally till 1227 Matthew. And it looks like it's 5 PM the light here. <laughs> I'm looking out my window. The sheep have not returned, by the way, for those of you who are concerned about my well-being. Well, they went off to take a zero sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe they did. They don't know what time of day it is either. But uh, but uh, I have been very optimistic. And then I realized that there's there's something out there that pessimistic Ben always mentions, right? I should have known this when we were talking about how is Matos going to be called up? How do we make room for Matos? Well, you injure somebody. And, you know, and, and suddenly here it is, right? Like, even as the Giants keep winning, uh, yeah, you know, Flores, Haneker, Brevia, God, that one hurt today, man. Alexander today. You know, Schmidt got hit in the arm today, right? And I know you don't believe in Casey Schmidt, but I do. Big well, man. defensively, especially, he's been an asset. Uh, that that pop-up on the infield against the Dodgers notwithstanding, but uh, uh, which led to one of the craziest plays, which we don't have to talk about because I think it was covered ad nauseum over the last few days, but wow, what a crazy play. Anyway... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that you're right. The 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 pitching, especially, we we you know calling up Matos to replace Hanniger, uh, losing Flores is a little bit tougher because he's been so good over the last couple of weeks. I mean, he was one yeah. of the hottest Giants hitters before getting injured. Uh, I mean, he even hit a home run after he got injured. So yeah. I mean, that's how good Flores has been. And so losing him definitely hurts. David VR coming up to replace him is not quite the same. Uh, but man, like we're already juggling all these bullpen games and things like that. And you just get Alex Wood back and now you've got Alex Cobb going on the IL. Uh, so they call up Keaton Wynn, I recall him, you know, um, to fill Cobb's spot, but darn it. Why aren't they calling up Kyle Harrison? 
who, by the way, his last start was a, uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was a a really good start with fewer walks than strikeouts, uh, everything that you'd want to see. And I feel like, you know, maybe you want to stretch, see that happen a few more times if you're the Giants brass, but you have a need at the major league level and you got this guy that can miss bats. Bring him up. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand what's going on here either. Like, especially given the fact that they haven't had five starters, um, you know, for a team that started the season with seven starting pitchers on their roster, they, they haven't used them that way since like what the first two weeks of the season, right? They've had four starters plus Brebia as your Brebia slash Manaya, right? Yeah. Right. And Manaya, right. But then sometimes it's Junis. And not Manea, who gets right. who gets the yep. first turn, and uh, you know, I it, it just it, it continues to put too much pressure on this bullpen, um, which which I know it's the strongest asset that you have, but like you don't want to abuse it. They need starting pitching. I would like to see them have five regular starters, and yeah, you have this guy sitting there. Sure, if you think Keaton uh, Wynn is ready, then let's have him be part of this equation because, because you know, Cobb is out. But you still have another hole missing. Well, I got, I got two theories on this. So, first of all, Harrison is not on the 40-man roster. Okay. Uh, so that does complicate things, especially if they're really happy with their 40-man roster, right? I mean, who do you – who goes? Uh, Hanniger's injury – does open up a spot because at some point they're going to have to place or they could place Hanniger on the 60-day IL, which would free up a 40-man roster spot. I also wonder, though, if they're looking at trade options. Mm. And and so perhaps they're not eager to you know to make that forty man move with Harrison if they're going to need it for an established veteran. Uh, right. So you know we're not privy to all of this. It's really frustrating when you got a guy like Kyle Harrison who you're just excited to see and feel like you know that he could you know make an impact. Uh, but I also feel like you know, well, I will say this. So Harrison's last start was on Thursday. And uh, uh, so his next spot in the rotation could be Tuesday, and there that is a TBD game for the Giants. Um, actually, all four games next year are list or next week against the Padres are listed as to be determined for the starting pitching for the for the no. uh, for the Giants. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. But if Harrison's going to get called up and put on the 40-man and activated, uh, Tuesday would be the day that that would happen. So we'll know more by then uh, if that happens. But I also feel like maybe they're looking for a trade. Maybe that's another option as well. I mean, that, that makes sense. I, I think, you know, I think that's probably probably what's going on, right? Um, I mean, I don't know. They, it seems like they sometimes just get these weird little, like, bugs in their heads about a player. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and, it, and it seems like they just don't want to pull the trigger on it because there's just like this one thing that they want to fix and the pitcher player doesn't fix it. And so they just hold them back. Um, but, but it's probably this 40 man roster thing. Um, but at the same time, and it's maddening. Right. And, and I do really worry about the pressure that you're putting on this bullpen um, by not filling, filling this void. Right. Fixing right. this hole. 
Um, so, so yeah. Um, the one thing that I do want to say before we wrap the show up, Matthew, is about that play. I just want to highlight that that play doesn't happen if Jacob Junis doesn't do one of the dumbest things you would ever see on a baseball diamond. He he and, even admitted that he had no idea why he threw that ball. Like after and, he threw the ball, he was so dumbfounded that he did that, that it was, that he was and, stunned. You know, and, and, and I just want to say to be like, you know, like if you're a dumb person, but you have like some sort of quality that allows you to, to be around you know, to be in a, an important situation, important, important position. It's always good to surround yourself with bright people. And, uh, and luckily Jacob was surrounded by bright people because I will say this. Y- yes. You know, Wade is out there to back up that ball. Like he's running it down and Yaz comes charging in on that play. And Yaz is so cool. He has a plan. Like he already sees it and he puts his hand up to, to, to Wade saying like, no, no. I got it. And he picks that ball because Wade and Yaz was confident that this was not a problem. Right? If you watch that yeah. play over again and you go back, just look at how Yaz comes running in. Well, the fact that, that he ran in, like he didn't throw the ball. He yeah. waited for them to commit before he threw the yeah. ball. And I thought that was a right. really excellent baseball play. As well, well, and just and he was also charging in. Like, like just imagine that you're the right fielder and it's a pop-up to the third baseman. And that man is such a professional and so good at playing baseball. He comes charging in and is ready to get that ball that Judas never should have thrown. He was there to back it up. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't mean to go off on a, a gas tangent, but you know, also he scored this run from second base on this bloop single the other day. It was just kind of amazing. Like he knew that the center fielder was not going to to catch that ball, and uh, and he just started running when everybody else was like, you know, didn't even know what was happening. Man, Yaz is just a really good baseball player. That's all I wanted to say. Agreed, agreed. And I think that that you know sometimes you know things like base running and defense get uh, overlooked uh, when a guy is struggling offensively. Uh, but yeah. as uh, his WAR has continued to be really good because he makes plays like that um, on the base pass and and defense. So, all right. So uh, one last thing I want to say about the bullpen: uh, Alexander Scott Alexander's injury could be really important. Uh, he is one of the. He is there is nobody on the forty man that's not already on the active roster, who's a left-handed pitcher. And uh, they were really babying Alexander. He hadn't pitched in 10 days. He's, I didn't realize he'd been nursing this uh, hamstring injury. Um, uh. And so he hadn't pitched in 10 days, but he was on the active roster. So they were really avoiding him and, and babying him and trying to get it right. And then he re-injured it today, which really shows you that they have no options. I mean, they had a guy on for 10 days on the active roster. They could have put him on the IL for 10 days. And they right. didn't. And then you look at the forty man. There's nobody from who can you know uh, who has, is a left hander. They that Sapucky guy was supposed to be it, but he has he's been put on the sixty day IL with a thoracic whatever injury. And so outlet uh, syndrome. Yeah. yeah. So we are. Uh, that's going to be an interesting thing to follow. How do they fill that spot as well? Which could complicate you know the Harrison forty man roster kind of thing as well. So makes you th- glad you're not the the GM when things like that happen. Anyway. I think it's time for the trivia question answer, Ben. Yes, let's so do it. The, 
The trivia question was, what are the most road wins in a season all time for the Giants? I regret to inform you, it is not 81 wins, but it was the 2021 season. But also, Mm -hmm. also your favorite team, the 1993 uh, season. Uh Both teams won 53 Uh road games, which is the record for the Giants. What's interesting about that 93 team is that they won 103 games and they won 53 of them on the road. Which, A, shows you what a great road team that was, and B, probably tells you how bad Candlestick was. (laughs) It was pretty bad. Two 20-game winners on that team. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, they were so good. They were so good. But the 2021 Giants were pretty damn good, too. Better, in fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, so looking ahead to next week, uh, as far as cocktails, which I will publish on Thursday, guaranteed, uh, mainly because I've already scheduled it. Uh, you already drinking- scheduled it? Uh, you scheduled it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. But yeah, uh, uh, but I was just going to take credit for it. Thanks for for, for mm-hmm. pulling that up. Um, all right. So uh, I am bringing though to that show a toasted ginger Godfather, which is a uh, kind of a, a nod to the old fashioned. Surprise, surprise. And Ben, what are you drinking next week? I am drinking the all time classic, the sidecar. The sidecar. A little sugar. A little a little tartness. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah. Something I'm maybe not looking forward to, though, is uh, seven games against uh, some division rivals next week, albeit at home. Four games starting Monday against the Padres, who are playing better as of late. They're almost back to 500. I say almost because after this week, they're going to go right back down. Uh <laughs> What's interesting is that the some of the starters that the, the Padres have lined up, uh, Michael Waka is the probable starter for, for Monday. Brandon Crawford has a 583 lifetime average against Waka. J.D. Davis is a uh, 3-for-3 three three lifetime with a home run. And Conforto is 3-for-9 lifetime. Uh, so expect maybe some some good things to come out of that. On Wednesday, because uh, Tuesday the Padres have a TBD starter as well, uh, Hugh Darvish is scheduled, and the Giants have seven players on the roster who are hitting 300 or better lifetime against Darvish. And Yaz is batting 389 with three home runs against Darvish lifetime. So those are a couple of starters where I feel like the Giants could do some damage. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, then to finish up the week, we play the Arizona D-Bags who are leading the National League West. Uh, They have continued to play well through their first 70 games, uh, but the Giants have closed two games on them in the last 10, as we mentioned. So uh, who knows? Maybe by then we could be playing for first place in the National League West. So uh, big week ahead, big week. Uh, What's interesting is that next week, Ben will not be joining us, and I don't know what we're going to do. I I have a thought that I haven't even shared with Ben yet, but I might put out Uh-oh. a mailbag, a mailbag request on uh, Twitter for all of our listeners. And then uh, Ben can weigh in and then AI Ben can actually voice out the answers. So we're, we might get creative <laughs> with uh, with that. So, okay. so uh, listeners, uh, you know, the look out for the prompt on Twitter for uh, mailbag, both 
uh, sports-related, baseball-related, and cocktail-related. We'll take either. Uh, if you got questions, and uh, next week we'll mix it up a little bit and maybe talk Sweet. about uh, the, the Giants as well. So... Uh, with that, uh, don't forget to follow us on social media, especially if you would like to get involved with the mailbag at Giant Cocktails on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're also on Mastodon at Giant Cocktail Cocktails, so take a look for us on any of those platforms. Also, don't forget to rate or review us on the podcast listener of your choice. That would be wonderful. Also, tell your friends. Tell your friends about us. That would be great. Retweet some tweets. It would be uh, wonderful to, to get the word out there that people could uh, come listen to Giants fans talk about the Giants. So. Uh, on that note, Ben, happy Father's Day and enjoy uh, your good night's rest, I guess, now that you're going to bed after this, I assume, in Indeed. Iceland. And uh, we won't chat with you next week, but uh, until next time, uh, cheers, my friend. Happy Father's Day and cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. <laughs>